0: Our vision is to inspire the world and remove limiting beliefs in your mind. At Sprinkle With Hope, our mission is to inspire you to live your best life by sharing stories of hope, resilience, courage, and overcoming adversity.
1: We believe that everyone has the potential to lead a joyful, fulfilling life, and we hope to encourage and motivate you to pursue your dreams.
0: Welcome to the
1: Sprinkled With Hope Podcast. Welcome back to your Sprinkle with Hope podcast and your host, Shane. And today we have a treat. Jillian Benfield is a former journalist and a news anchor. She holds a broadcast journalism degree from the University of Georgia. I bet she's really excited about the last few years. (laughs) (laughs) As a freelance writer, her essays about living an unexpected life have appeared on sites such as Today. Good Morning America, Yahoo News, and ABC News, and now, Sprinkle with Hope Podcast. Jillian, we're so grateful that you're willing to join us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This is a treat.
1: <laughs> so if you're watching, you can see I have Jillian's book, The Gift of the Unexpected, uh, discovering who you were meant to be when life goes off plan. If you don't have this book, get it. It's amazing. It's amazing. So Jillian, talk to us about why you wrote this book.
2: Well, it's a complicated answer to that because I originally started writing the book, trying to answer a question. Sorry about that. Um, And that question was, was my child always meant to have Down syndrome? And was I always meant to be a mother of a child with Down syndrome? And... um, That's what originally inspired the book. I originally titled it something like blueprint. (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) but I like enrolled in seminary and I was really trying to search for these answers. And I have a line in the current book, the book that ended up coming out that I was really searching for the God of certainty and ended up finding the God of surprise. Mm. And so what I ended up, what the book, I guess the answer to that now, why I ended up writing this book was I was really writing it for anyone whose life has taken an unexpected wide left turn and is looking and willing to look to find meaning through it. Not why did this happen necessarily? That's a very different question, but looking like this happened. So what do I do with this now? And that's why I wrote it.
0: That's awesome. And as you were kind of thinking, you know, talking about finding that meaning and taking this hard left turn. So Can you kind of walk us through how you kind of found that, you know, meaning through that hard left turn or?
2: Yeah, you want me to take you through the whole story? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll take you back.
0: Condensed version, you know. (laughs)
2: Okay. Um, So I'll take you back to 2013 real quick. Um, Uh I was a news anchor and reporter. I had just had my first child. My husband was um, had just graduated dental school and he graduated dental school on an Air Force scholarship. Okay. So the Air Force moved us from Augusta, Georgia to Las Vegas, Nevada, and it was just supposed to be this 11-month assignment. And I thought after that was done, I would go right back to TV news.
0: Right. <laughs> so what
2: ended up happening was I got a phone call on May, May 8th, 2014 It was from my husband and he said, we're going to Holloman Air Force Base. And I (laughs) cried the whole day because I don't know if you know this, but there's not even a target in Alamogordo, New Mexico, where Holloman Air Force Base is located, (laughs) let alone a TV news station. So I was, I was crushed. I was devastated because my identity was so tied to what I was doing. Um, Well, later that day. That same very day, I had this little whisper in my head that was telling me to take a pregnancy test. Uh, we were not in the business of trying, but I kept having this whisper and um, I took it and it was positive. And I thought, okay, God, okay. You want me to be a stay at home mom. I get it. Okay. Right. Well, then we get to Alamogordo a couple of months later. It's time for my 20 week ultrasound And I noticed that the tech is taking a really long time. And finally she gets her measurements, walks out the room and a nurse walks in. And she said, well, everything must look great because the doctor's not here. And as soon as she said that he walked in the room Mm -hmm. and he explained to us that there were several markers on the ultrasound that indicated that our child had a higher chance of having a trisomy. And my response was, what does that mean? And he said, it means that your child could have a condition like Down syndrome. And I just remember my back breaking out in fire and the words, I can't be a special needs mom. I can't be a special needs mom. Just going over and over again in my head, like a skipping CD. Well, we got blood work. Eight days later, I get another phone call from my husband and he says, the doctor called. It's not good. I'm coming home. And I just remember my heavy 21 week pregnant body, just falling to the kitchen floor and just saying the words, oh no, oh no, oh no, this doesn't feel real. This doesn't feel real. Um, and finally my husband walked in and he came, I could tell he was going to be sick. I started unbuttoning his very constricting military uniform and he did get sick. And I remember him laying his head on my chest. And I just remember, I still can remember his hot tears just rolling down my shirt. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: We both just turned 27 and we were in shock that this happened to us. And finally, we didn't know what the test was positive for. We just knew that it was something that was life altering and possibly deadly at this point. So we had to go into the office to get the official results. And the doctor walks in and he says, well it's not good news. Your child has a 99.9% chance of having down syndrome. And it's normally at times like these people want to talk about their options. I said, what options? And he said, option one is you terminate the pregnancy. I said, well, what's option two. And he said, option two is you continue the pregnancy with a high risk doctor, but don't worry. Don't worry. You don't have to be a hero. If you decide not to go through with the termination You can have the baby here and we can keep the baby comfortable, but we don't have to do anything drastic to save his life. So in other words, we could have our baby to keep our consciences clean, but we could let him die of Mm. natural causes.
1: Mm.
2: So the doctor believed that our child would have a life that was not worth living. So I grieved as if a death had taken place. Mm. But it would take me many months and possibly years to realize that I had more in common with the doctor than I wanted to admit. Uh-huh. And That's a lot of what this book is about. It's about the unlearning that needs to take place that needed to take place for me specifically when the unexpected hit. But the unlearning and the learning that we, we get the opportunity to go through when the unexpected hits our lives.
1: Yeah, that's, that's just love that. Uh, you know, I, I've started reading your book. I have not finished it quite yet, but you you really do talk about those before and after moments that a lot of people in life have. And like you're talking about unbecoming the person that we were or we thought we were supposed to be and becoming the people that we should be. Um, I just, I love so far, love what you're, what I'm hearing. Um, so talk to us about, um, you know, how, how, why, why you feel like you have to share your message to the world. Cause I, I love stories like you, Jillian. I love that you go through something that is totally unexpected, but then you turn around and you want to be a light to the world. So I just, I like to find out the why. Why does Jillian, why do you specifically want to do this?
2: Hmm. You know, I think Pete P.N. said that uh, God loves stories in one of his books that I read. And um, I believe that's true. I think God communicates to us in stories. And um, part of this book, I go through um, in the second to last chapter of the book. I talk about like what to do. The first part is about returning to yourself. The second part's about transformation. And the third part is, well, what now? What do you do with that transformation? And I think when you are kind of in that place of, what do I do with this now? You can kind of take a catalog of your core identity and your gifts and, um, you can, if you're confused, you can start saying yes to a lot of things, which is what I did. (laughs) I said yes to a lot. I ended up sitting on a national board um, of a Down syndrome organization. I ended up doing public relations work for a while. I was on the worship team at church, you know, all of these things. I I had to say a lot of yeses until I could kind of start narrowing down. Mm. And I just realized once I said those yeses, then I had to start saying no. And for me, this process was a slowly revealing revelation um, that this was the road I was supposed to go down. And I had a lot of growth to get to that point. Um, so I don't really regret the time that it took me. Um, my son's eight. So this book did not happen overnight. Um, but I had to, I had a lot of unlearning and learning to do, I had a lot of living into myself. And, um, it really wasn't until, um, my youngest son who was born with severe medical complications. And that was in 2017 where I realized, okay, I just went through that. (laughs) (laughs) I went through a fetal intervention surgery. I stayed at a Ronald McDonald house, um, you know, and went through hell and back with him. I, I can do this, you know? And so that's, um, I knew that I had a story to tell. Um, I could already tell it was resonating with my online community and that was the final straw, I guess, that just led (laughs) me in that direction.
0: Love it. So as you're kind of talking about, you know, going through these, these challenging times, kind of, how do you picture yourself now uh, on the other side of this, you know, with have gone through these difficult things and, you know, what can you say now that, man, I'm, I'm glad I did that or, you know, what are some of those uh, thoughts or things that you have today?
2: So, I guess what I would say, I think for anyone, no matter what the unexpected is, like, I think especially for those of us who are born into privilege, um we can think that we can control our life's outcomes. and that and that's a very American thing too, right? You know that um we if we work hard enough, we can control our destiny. And so for the, those of us who were on that track, controlling our destiny, and then to get so off track where you have no control, that something happens that you cannot change. Um, you you have a lot to reconcile with that. And so for me, I realized when I first got hit with the unexpected, that big before and after moment that I described earlier, that um, the reason that I had more in common with the doctor than I wanted to admit was because I also thought a life worth living meant living a life of success. Mm. I thought that my output was what made me successful and therefore worthy. And so what I would say today is I was once someone who thought that my worth, our worth was attached to our resumes. And today I am someone who sees that my worth, my son's worth, our worth is something that's already been given to us. Um, And it's, yeah, we don't have to strive for it. There's nothing we can do to add to it. It's just, if we have air in our lungs, we are worthy. Um, So that's the biggest change that's probably happened in me.
1: Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Um So, and I, I don't believe that your thought before this, your before and after that a lot of people that are living life feel and think the exact same way. I know there's a lot of people that think that like, yeah, it's all based on my success. Like that's not, that is not true. Um, But for those who are hearing this, how do you feel like they could break that for themselves? How do you feel like they can? They can buy into this thought like, yeah, I am worth as much as I am, no matter what I do in life.
2: Hmm. Well, you know, I have, I have a whole chapter on this, like inherent worth and like our worth is settled from the very beginning, (laughs) you know, um, whether you take the story of Adam Eve literally or allegorically, I think the message of who we are is in that story and that we are loved because we are God's creation. Um, I also think that when we look at the success piece of that, um, what does Jesus deem successful? It's <laughs> very not much what <laughs> it's very different from what America deems as successful, oh, absolutely right? Absolutely. It it's is. not about climbing up the ladder, it's about climbing down, right? right? And so I think that once we are hit with the unexpected, once we realize how fragile this life that we get to live actually is, we get to experience that, we get to get low with others. And um, we once we are hurt, we understand the hurting better. And I think that we can become more real, more human, and hopefully um, more connected with, um, with our creator as well.
0: I love what you're talking about. And as you were talking, it gave me a visual of all these pictures that I've seen of the savior, you know, Jesus Christ standing. And he's usually like walking down a step or, you know, something like that. And he's coming to where we are, right. Not where he wants us to be. Right. That gave me that kind of visual. And so how do you kind of see that, you know, the savior coming down to where our level is and helping us to come up to him
2: well i think when i've experienced a lot of suffering in a lot of different ways over there was this five-year span where we were just hit by the unexpected again and again yeah i think what provided me the most comfort was not figuring out the why Behind that, you know, like why did this happen to me? But the getting acquainted with not the shiny Jesus right. <laughs> that I think Western culture and Western Christian culture, Christian culture likes to focus on. Um, but the Jesus that came here as a baby with no title, no wealth, um, who came here to not only suffer for us, but to suffer with us. Love it. That's that's the jesus i became acquainted with when the unexpected hit my life i think before i wanted jesus ascending from a hill right um but after the unexpected it just jesus's story his words had more a new life to me than they did before um i say this in the book that um jesus's life became. More real to me when a child with a disability entered mine. Mm. You know, Jesus is here for the marginalized. I'm not marginalized, but I have a ch- child who is, and um, the, his his life, his mission, all of that just became more real to me.
1: Yeah, love, love what you're saying. Yes. You know, I, I, you talked a little bit about him suffering with us, and I think not only is it with us and him, but it's with us. So the three of us right now, you know, we're living life the best we can. And, and sometimes we're going to suffer through things. We're going to have unexpected things happen. And it's how we navigate through that. I think where we really truly find ourselves. Uh, we've talked a lot about your book. I love, love it so far. Uh, it's new. It just, I believe it was just released last month.
0: Yeah. So a it, month out. It is, yeah.
1: It's hot off the presses. So get it while you can. Uh, really, you—I I believe everybody can learn something from you. Um, so, near the end of our podcast, we have what we call the double down dose. Okay. So, I have—I have a question, then Jason will follow up. So, the first question of the double down dose is, Jillian, how would you define hope? <laughs>
0: That
2: is a really good and hard question. I can tell you what I find hope in. I find hope. I had a pastor, my longtime pastor, he's still my mentor, Um, asked me recently how, if I could sum up in one phrase what I've learned from my years and years of going through the unexpected, what would it be? And I said that the resurrection is not just about what happens at the end of this life. It's what's available to us now. And I think we see this not only in Jesus, not only in the Bible, but I see it through nature. You know, I I have so much nature metaphor in this book because we were in all these incredible places. We moved like five times in a span of eight years through the military. And I just saw the product of death and resurrection is all around us you know, and for that person out there who was like, well, how can I hope, you know, what, how, what, what do I hope in this thing is gone. It may always be gone. It, your life may never return to what it once was. But I believe where I find that hope is that God brings new things out of what seems dead. You know, there's this, um, I, I the middle of the book is here and the, the book ends on these white sands in um, New Mexico one one's in New Mexico, and one's in Colorado. and um, there was the reason those that White Sand National Monument is there is because there was a huge lake that covered that whole area of New Mexico. The lake is gone. <laughs> it's never coming back. but it left behind this white beautiful, Gypsum. Mm. That's the product of death and resurrection. And I believe that that's the hope we have, not only for the next life, but I do believe God makes new life come out of our dead and broken things here in this life.
0: Oh, man. I love it. So, uh, the second question of the double down dose, you know, usually is the harder of the two to answer. <laughs> okay, that was pretty hard. <laughs> and so, Jillian, how would you define love?
2: Mm. Mm.
0: <laughs> if we could script this, Jillian, if, this is exactly what everybody does
1: every <laughs> time. <laughs> every time.
0: Mm.
2: I really—that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> that's I. Can that, tell that's the harder that. the. Two. <laughs> I believe that I believe that my son taught me how to love better than I ever did before. You know, um, I think that all of us are, I believe that God's highest desire for us is to belong to him by belonging to one another. And so I would say, I guess I believe love is a total belonging to each other and to him, um, and that means being vulnerable enough to um, be fully known, and um, to be accepting enough to fully know others as well.
1: Love that you know we ask those simple yet really deep uh, questions because we we often. We talk a lot about hope or love or those things, but we don't ever actually stop and think what it really means to us. And so that's why we love to ask those two questions. They seem, again, so simple, but if we could script it, it would be exactly how you did it. Take a step back and think about it. And wow, I've never actually thought about that.
2: Yeah, really good questions. Very insightful.
1: (laughs) Well, Jillian, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Uh, we also love to give a shout out to you, and our, often our listeners say, "Well, how do we get a hold of your guests?" So, this is the opportunity to show sh- share how listeners can get a hold of you.
2: Yeah, I'm at um, Jillian Benfield on Facebook, Jillian Benfield blog on Instagram. My website's JillianBenfield.com. I have three free eBooks on my website that will, if you download those, it'll be signed up for my monthly, sometimes bi-monthly newsletter. Um, and my book is called the gift of the unexpected and it's available on Amazon target, um, Barnes and Noble, and it's always 30% off when you go to Baker publishing house. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. So Julia, you know, is there any kind of parting words that you feel inspired to, to share with our listeners today that just something we haven't talked about or, or just something you feel touched to, to share with them.
2: I would say that if your life has taken a big unexpected turn, there's a big pressure to overcome, overcome the unexpected. But what we don't realize is that, and there's a church around the corner from here that has a sign in its parking lot, you will overcome. Um, <laughs> I have a problem with that because Another word for overcome is to suppress. And what I actually think church culture wants from us is to suppress what is painting us because we have Jesus. But I actually don't think that's what we're called to do. I think when we look at the Bible with Jesus who came to suffer with us, I think when you look at the Psalms, we're taught how to be in relationship with God. And that means giving our all over to God. And so what I would encourage people to do is not overcome the unexpected, but to undergo it. And that's what my book is about. It's about undergoing the unexpected so that we can use this thing that's happened to transform into our entireties, that version of ourselves that God dreamed up long ago.
0: Oh, what a way to end. Beautiful. I love it, Jillian. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you.